Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I would like to talk about how you should get started when learning another language. In other words, I'll discuss the initial first steps that I believe language learners should take when they start learning a brand new language. Now, the way that this podcast episode is going to go is I'm going to outline seven different resources that you could use in the early phases of learning a language and outline some of their pros and cons. At the end of the podcast episode, what I will do is I will summarize everything that I shared and tell you my personal conclusion on what the best way would be to get started. With that aside, let's jump into the episode. So the first way you could start learning a new language is by using free self-study apps. The most popular and likely most widely used free self-study app is Duolingo. You have very likely used it or at least heard of it before. Free self-study apps are a great way to get your feet wet since they don't cost any money and they're free to use. Additionally, free self-study apps are typically designed in such a way where they're engaging and addictive. They want you to use the app, and so they design it in such a way. Duolingo is a great example of that. People get hooked on Duolingo. (laughs) They use it, they want to keep up their streaks, and Duolingo, for example, does a great job of that. And other free apps also have gamification elements to make it fun and engaging. So this is wonderful. These are all great. However, at some point, you will likely, in fact, certainly want to incorporate other language learning resources because the majority of free apps that I have come across, they fall short when it comes to helping you with speaking, uh, writing, and grammar. In fact, often they're not even the best, for example, for listening or vocabulary not even the best. Maybe they're adequate, they're moderately helpful, but they're not necessarily amazing for those categories either. So at some point, you are you are going to want to incorporate other resources aside from free apps. It's also worth mentioning that free apps, such as Duolingo, are typically less useful for intermediate and advanced learners. So for instance, if you're starting to learn uh a language that maybe you grew up with because your family speaks that language. And so you grew up with it. You already have a certain foundation, but now is the first time you're officially learning the language. Well, a free app may not be the best way for you to start because you already have a base and maybe you're not really a low beginner in that language. Does that make sense? Let's transition to the second one. Number two of seven. The second way you could start is by using paid self-study programs. So two of the most popular ones would be, for example, Pimsleur, P-I-M-S-L-E-U-R, or perhaps Babbel. These are two of the, arguably two of the most popular paid self-study programs. Using a paid self-study program is an affordable and structured way for self-motivated and self-accountable individuals to learn the basics of a new language. I'm going to repeat that sentence because that is the main summary of how useful paid self-study programs are. Paid self-study programs are an affordable and structured way for self-motivated and self-accountable individuals to learn the basics of a new language. 
So if you're going to rely upon a paid self-study program, it's important to be self-motivated, it's important to be self-accountable, and it's important that you want to learn in a structured way. Some of you may be hearing this and thinking to yourself, well, yeah, shouldn't doesn't everyone want to learn in a structured way? No, definitely not. Not everyone does. A lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. I spoke with someone earlier today who told me they want to take lessons with my with my team, but she told me that she doesn't like structured courses with levels and grammar. She just wants to learn in a free-spirited, creative way. So she actually might be learning uh, Spanish by working with one of my tutors who actually is a rock musician, and they're going to be singing and playing music in their class. I have a very creative and colorful team. I've got some people interested in various different things, so we we do tend to get a lot of creative learners, I find. <laughs> but these kind of self, these paid self-study programs are generally best for people like that. There are plenty of different programs to choose from. As I said earlier, Babbel and Pimsleur are probably two of the most popular ones. Uh, they're, they're pretty good for helping you with speaking. They're not the best, but they can get you going in the right direction. They're pretty darn, depending on the program, they can be pretty good for reading, pretty good for listening, pretty good for grammar, pretty good for vocabulary, maybe even very good, can be even be very good for vocabulary. Reasonably engaging, uh, generally quite affordable, uh, easy to use because they're designed to be easy to use. So it's a great way to get started. I'm a big fan of it. I should mention that there isn't really a substitute for interacting with real native speakers or real speakers of your target language. Therefore, only using a self-study program is not going to take you all the way to a high degree of fluency. If anything, it'll just help you establish a lot of the basics, and, uh, and that'll be it. The final thing I'll say on self-study programs is some of them are audio-based. And some of them are more audio-based, whereas others are more video-based. So an audio-based program, for example, is beneficial for those who either are auditory learners or maybe even people who commute a lot on the bus or train or car, because then you can learn while you drive, for example. Um, whereas a video-based program, that wouldn't really be as practical for someone who wants to learn while they're commuting. So that's also something just to mention about these paid self-study programs. Moving on to the next one, number th number three, third way to get started learning a language out of seven that I mentioned in this podcast is semi or, I'm sorry, private or semi-private lessons. So assuming you can find a good tutor, private and semi-private lessons are one of the best tools for language learners to have in their language learning tool belt. It's actually why the primary service I offer at the Calgary Language Nerds is private and semi-private lessons, because I believe in them quite heavily. So private and semi-private lessons, they allow you to interact with real native speakers or at least advanced speakers of the target language. You can learn in a low pressure and friendly environment. Heck, you can even learn in a high pressure environment if that's how you learn. If you want to have extra accountability and really be pushed, that's great. You have the peace of mind that you have a reliable person to speak and practice with. You can be held accountable to your learning and lessons are tailored to your level and needs. So I mentioned earlier that's that new student who's going to be starting up with my business, she's going to learn through rock music for crying out loud. That's not you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that with a variety of other ways to learn a language. So that's highly personalized and tailored to you when you learn through private tutors. 
uh, private tutors is also one of the only resources that exists that can help you improve in literally every element of, of another language. Languages have speaking, they have writing, printing, reading, listening, grammar, vocabulary. Well, private lessons or even semi-private can help you in all of those categories and can, and can be very effective in helping you in all of those categories. So that's wonderful. I'm a huge fan. I usually recommend people take at least two to four lessons a month, although you could do you could do more if you wanted. You could do less too. You could just do one lesson a month or something, and that's not, it still can be very helpful. An alternative to taking private or semi-private lessons would be enrolling in a group class with maybe five or six or 10 or 20 people. That's also an option. They are cheaper, though it's worth mentioning that you will likely progress more slowly due to a lack of personalization and less individual attention from the teacher. But it's still not a bad option per se, though I do prefer semi-private, meaning two or three people, or private lessons. Let's move forward. Number four, number four of seven, is HelloTalk and Tandem, or any apps that are similar to them. So HelloTalk and Tandem, they're two apps that facilitate language exchanges. If you don't know what that is, basically what it is, is you help someone learn your first language, and in exchange, they will help you learn their first language. For example, a native English speaker trying to learn Spanish may connect with someone from Mexico to swap languages. The result? Well, the result is that both parties improve their fluency in their respective target languages. So there's no doubt that this is an excellent way to interact with native speakers and make new international friends, all the while learning another language. Now, the biggest drawback to language exchanges is that they tend to be unstructured. Therefore, finding topics to talk about can be difficult. Language exchange partners are often a little bit flaky. You sometimes end up speaking more in one language than the other. And language exchange partners may or may not be able to answer your grammar-related questions. Also, this is unfortunate, there are a number of people who use apps such as HelloTalk and Tandem for dating purposes and not really for language practice purposes. So when I think about using something like HelloTalk or Tandem, I think they're incredibly useful for speaking, uh, reasonably, useful for, reasonably useful for writing, reasonably useful for reading, pretty damn helpful for listening, pretty good for grammar, excellent for vocabulary, they're very engaging because you're talking to real native speakers, they're free so that makes it very affordable, but the Achilles heel, the one big downside is that the ease of use is really difficult. It's really difficult because you have to use this tool to learn another language. You need to figure out how to use it best for you, which can is a gift and a curse. I can give a basketball to LeBron James, uh, or I could give a, whatever, a hockey stick to Wayne Gretzky. I could give a, you can give it, there's a tool, you can give a tool to anyone and different people can use the tool to varying degrees of success. Does that make sense? And HelloTalk and Tandem are very similar. It's a tool and different people use it to varying degrees of success, depending on their personality, how personable they are, how easily they connect with others and make friends, so on and so forth. Okay, resource number five is social media. So I specifically am highlighting YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, podcasts, any form of online content. So obviously there's a lot of online content to learn another language, and that's great, but it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, the sheer amount of content means that everyone 
is able to find something that is useful is useful for them considering their learning needs. That's great. Wonderful. However, on the other hand, the high quantity of videos, podcasts, and blog posts has the potential to lead to decision paralysis or makes it difficult for you to find exactly what's right for you. If there's a thousand and one resources to learn German, well, and maybe 50 of them are going to work really well for you, you might have to sift through 951 resources to find the 51 that are great for you, or even find some of the 51 that are great for you. Therefore, free online content can be one of the best ways to start learning another language and develop some of the basics, provided that you can overcome that decision decision paralysis and sift through the information to find the right materials for you. So I think they're great. It's great for, for example, listening, grammar, vocabulary. It's very engaging. Obviously, content is affordable. Uh, but the ease of use is quite, it's, it's on the lower side because you have to find the right things for you and learn how to use them. Similar to Hello Talk in Tandem where you, it's a tool and you have to learn to use the tool effectively for you. You need to learn how to wield the tool. Also, it's worth noting that for social media, typically it's not going to be helpful for speaking, writing, printing, or reading. Well, for reading, I suppose it can be semi-useful if you're using reading-oriented, uh, uh, reading-oriented social media content, because that does exist, of course. Uh, so that could be useful for reading, but definitely for mo- in most cases, not that helpful for speaking, writing, uh, or printing. Okay, moving on to resource number six, the second last one, which is Meetup or Duolingo events. So Meetup and Duolingo events are two websites to find free or low-cost events and classes to practice speaking another language. Duolingo events is entirely online, whereas Meetup has in-person as well as online ones. Both are quite useful, but you just have to make sure you find events and classes that fit your learning style and that match your level. So that's important. Uh, But provided you can do that, Provided you can, it'll be moderately helpful for your speaking. I say moderately because usually the classes are in larger groups, so you may not get to speak as much as you'd like. Sometimes you can, depending on how it's facilitated. Uh, It's also only moderately helpful for speaking because you probably are interacting more with other learners than you are with fluent speakers. So there's a bit of a drawback, but still, it still is helpful for speaking. Likely not very helpful for writing likely not very helpful for printing, likely not very helpful for reading, moderately helpful for listening, moderately to very helpful for grammar, very helpful for vocabulary, very engaging because you're speaking with real people, incredibly affordable because it's typically free or at least very, very low cost, and reasonably easy to use. I would say you'll have to search around to find the right events and classes for you, but once you found the right groups that kind of match what you want, you'll just keep going to those groups, and that's a great way to start. Last but not least, the last way that I've outlined here uh, would be books and worksheets. So books meaning textbooks, for example. Worksheets meaning uh, workbooks or worksheets themselves. So in this technological world we live in, you may not think about workbooks or, or work um or textbooks, for example, but there's still a valid way to learn a language. Granted, you won't improve your speaking and listening very much, but they are moderately, and in many cases, even very helpful for printing, reading, uh, grammar, vocabulary, writing. So that's that's really great. 
So I think books, worksheets, workbooks, paper, pencil work is incredibly effective when paired with uh, when paired with other resources that I've mentioned in this podcast. I'll give you a bonus, a uh, couple of bonus uh, bonus resources to talk about here. Uh, one of them would be watching television or cartoons. That's something I hear from people a lot. In most cases, it's not very effective in any, with anything. Not very effective for speaking. Not very effective for writing, printing, reading, listening, grammar, vocabulary. Might be engaging if you get into the show. Um, but generally not a good way to learn. There are exceptions. Some people are able to use that as a tool as beginners. But generally, it's not a great way to go. Um, and there's like a bonus a bonus method that you do not want to use to learn a language, generally speaking. So what's the conclusion? So I've given a whole bunch of resources here. What's the conclusion? What's the best way to start learning a language? How should you begin? Well, let me tell you. I think that assuming efficient progress is your main goal, and that's important because not everyone has efficient progress as the main goal. Some people have having fun as the main goal. Some Everyone has a different reason. But assuming efficient progress is your main goal, what you'll want to do is you want to select at least one resource that I talked about today that involves a fluent speaker of your target language. So you want to be interacting with other people. That could be done through private lessons, semi-private lessons, Hello Talk, Tandem, or possibly a Meetup or Duolingo events. Those are your options. So one, you must use one of those at least. And then you can select any, at least two, any other, any other, any, how do I say that? Any two other resources. There we go. So for example, you might do, for, for a resource that involves a fluent speaker, you might select private lessons. And then other two resources, you might do a textbook and Duolingo. Or maybe you do, for your speaking, you're like, I'm going to use HelloTalk. But then for your other two resources, you might do Babbel and, uh, I don't know, content on YouTube, a YouTube channel you particularly like. I think that's probably the best way to really get started, and that'll get you going and it'll really help you make some efficient progress in those early stages. And heck, to be honest with you, even as an intermediate learner, that advice is not necessarily bad advice. There's different approaches to being an intermediate level and getting to that advanced stage. It's not exactly the same. But uh, that advice may not even be terrible advice, may not be terrible advice for some intermediate learners too. But if you're just getting started, I think that's generally the best way to go, assuming your main goal is efficient progress. I should also mention that the best overall way to guarantee progress is semi-private or private lessons, seeing as it's the only thing you can do as a language learner which is that is good for every single element of learning a language. Vocab, speaking, reading, writing, listening, printing, uh, God, like everything. It's good for everything, and most other resources are not good for everything. Okay, well, let's wrap this up here. I hope this was a helpful uh, podcast for you. If you have any questions, you know you know where to reach me. Uh, my username on every social media platform is at polyglotazarin, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z-R-E-N. Or you can email me by visiting azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact. So that is A-Z or Z-R-E-N thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll speak soon. Bye-bye.